Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Oh, oh, I thought Holden was going to come in. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Did you guys rehearse We didn't rehearse that, but thank you, Natalie. You knew exactly what I needed. You that jumped right on it. been in my head for about four you days You know what now. it sounds like? It sounds like we are on this thing. Girl power! <laughs> that sounded more Jamaican than British. Also, uh, <laughs> mine has definitely been, I've given you, you everything. everything. All that joy I can bring. bring. Yes, I that one's been in my head a lot. I think that I all like of that us one. may have sung that too well for us to properly be doing the impersonation of the Spice Girls. We are getting mm-hmm. into the groove today. I have been feeling myself because I will say <laughs> this may be another topic for old Jack Jack over here, but I pulled you guys in and now y'all both love the fucking Spice Girls. I've been converted. You are welcome. I've been converted. We all, I mean, for me, I you know, speaking about an episode for old Jack Jack, I was very <laughs> attracted to the Spice Obviously, girl. okay, yes. obviously, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I classically have the story of there was a rerun of SNL. This is dark, though, kind of. There was a rerun of SNL. Hell yeah, let's start it off dark. I want, I'm the Spice ready for Girls it. Is, the Spice Girls were musical guests. And the and the right before they were about to go on, I had the lotion out. I had I was rated ready to really grind one out <laughs> to a live episode of Saturday Night Live. Because back in the day, kids, you couldn't yep. just get it. You had to just you click. had to have patience. You had to wait for it. <laughs> so I'm like ready to go. Jerry Hallowell images dancing around in my wow, head. Wow, yes, loving it. And and I think I was probably going to tape it on a VHS. So I had a fun VHS with different horny things on it. And uh, right before that happened, the whole thing got interrupted because Princess Di passed away. And I didn't understand the gravity. I didn't understand the gravity of what was going on. So I was just like, what the fuck is this bullshit? (laughs) Who even is this person? Are you serious? I was like furious. I love it. I love it. I love it. So you say I wasn't a fan of Spice Girls, but I was, was, 
in a different way a fan a different of kind did of it fan. cross wires in your head like that movie crash where now you can only get erections from <laughs> right crashes right it, yes absolutely that's why i'm such a shitty driver because <laughs> <laughs> he's too hard to drive is that what you're implying yes he wants to come he has to crash the car <laughs> <laughs> so for me yes it was a lot i think i'm appreciating what they are now that i can look at them and not just be like oh we wow 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 you know because i'm a grown adult and also they're very 90s sexy some of I that mean, is they're a, still really hot though. they're still yeah, really dog. hot it's a little lost in translation whatever though we can get to the fashion and stuff but but in general i think i grew to appreciate their their albums a little bit more now going back to them but also man bit of some of my og sexual feelings were for Specifically, uh, Posh and Jerry, and a little bit of Baby. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I was at that point. I was a young, uh, aspiring degenerate, so I was already at the point where I was like, "This is stupid. I don't like any of this dumb c- pop <laughs> shit." I was like that. I was like that. Yeah. Yeah, and so one of my earliest connections to them was on a slightly older boy I had a crush on. Said, uh, "Yeah." L- I watch that video all the time. I just watch it with the sound off. And I was like, oh, they're hot. (laughs) I get it. And then the other memory I have is a couple years later, there was a sketch on SNL (laughs) where they were pretending to be the second SNL reference. Yes. They were, uh, they were, it was a sketch where they were pretending to be Spice Girls doing a rheumatoid arthritis commercial. And there's a, a section where one of them goes, don't get rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, you can't do this. And she does like a karate kick. And I was doing the bit for my friend in her car. And I did it. And I kicked her windshield so hard that I shattered her front windshield. Damn. <laughs> that takes some leg strength. I mean, I was I was. Strong. Were you a bit of a sporty? So then did you. I was you, a dancer. Did you ally yourself mentally with sporty? No, because I still always liked fashion-y things. Oh, okay. So yeah. then who were you? Which spice were you? Well, none of them at the time, but if I go, if I'm to go back and review, yes, let's see. I think I'd be closest to like ginger or maybe. I can I, see the ginger. I forget what their names are. That's Jerry. Sp- who? Okay. Sporty spices. Mel C. Yeah. Scary spices. Mel B. Scary Posh spice. spice. I, I connect to scary Posh spice. Spices. Vicky, is Vicky or Victoria. Victoria at the time. Adams. Then you have yes. Baby Spice is Emma Bunton, right? Emma Bunton, yes. And uh, Jerry Hallowell is Ginger yes. Spice. I would say uh, Jerry was always my girl. Still is always going to be my girl. She's the one, she's the best. Jerry she's, was the one I wanted to kiss, and, and I be. was always Scary Spice. Ah. See, I wanted to be Scary Spice, and I, I wanted to have sex also. with yeah. with Ginger. I mean, ah! she, Ginger is a sexual <laughs> being, and she embraces it, and I yes. love it. Um, Jackie, you had some really good um, Spice Girl names for us. Oh, well, yes. As I was naming the track titles of our vocals, I called me Juicy Spice. I called Natalie Bendy Spice. And then we immediately turned on Holden. And I believe I I had said Slimy Spice and you said Bumpy Spice. (laughs) What in the (laughs) world? Handsome Spice. Attractive to the opposite sex spice. Uh, honestly, sweaty spice. I think sweaty spice actually is really. Oh, could sweaty you imagine spice. if I really was a member? I would just be drenched. 
after the first, you know, halfway through the first number. It would be so bad. Like, Get him a cloth. Get him a towel. Someone has yeah. him down. That's what I'd say. That'd be mine. Your Leeds accent. I was absolutely obsessed with the Spice Girls at the time of the Spice Girls. But that was also around the time that I had to pretend like I didn't like the Spice Girls. Mm. So it was also around my new metal time. So Spice Girls was my quiet love. Oh, really? Yes. That's so this is hilarious. when I was heading into like middle school time, I see. and uh, I really wanted to see the Spice Girls so badly, but Sometimes I had to pretend. Sometimes you just don't want to wake up; you want to break stuff. Oh, I do want to break stuff, <laughs> and so that's what I would blast on my CD, my five CD disc changer boombox. So I had all that, but then I'd have the Spice Girls in there, but I'd keep it in the back in case anybody came over. So when the disc drawer came out, that they wouldn't see it. But sometimes it would spin in the like oh, it was in the wrong oh no. one. I'm like, oh, I don't know how that got in there. Oh. <laughs> what happened? How did it get in there? See, because back in the day, kids, let me give you a lesson or oh, we get another back lesson. Back in the day, you had to take a disc. You couldn't just click clack on the internet and get whatever you want in a magic Pandora's box. You child, listening to this right now, you not grown ass adult. This listen to this right now and and sometimes you remember the one oh here was a big one to put to play your own music in certain cars you had to open up the trunk and pull oh, yeah. and put them, load them up in the trunk. No, no, I had I had a cassette what? tape that yes. had a had a wire. It was a fake cassette tape that you oh, put into the cassette player. Everybody had that. that. had a wire into my discman that would connected to that, so it would play oh, from yeah. the discman into the car. But those stereo. were the worst because they skipped. Yes. Oh yeah. No. It was, CDs it was were the worst setup. technology. Dude, was I was setup. I was rocking. Now that I think about it, I was legitimately rocking a discman when I first got to New York City. Like I was still actually traveling around <laughs> putting compact discs into a disc man but you shouldn't have at that point right i, I was like just it was like just on you should have the, had an ipod at that I point sh i should have had a cell phone I, I got a cell phone at that point i was always a little behind i i was just starting though ipods were just starting so even if i had got an ipod like they were the shitty ones that would break down after six months and you can only put like 10 <laughs> albums on them or something. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. it, it's just uh, very different. I do remember the day I got an uh, uh, iPod and and then and over the weekend I put my entire music catalog on it and I was just like, it's in my pocket. And you loved it. I would just put it all on shuffle. I mean, and it everyone was would get upset because I liked it on complete shuffle. Oh, so I did the too. Thousands of yeah. songs I would shuffle. No, I liked through. it too. I'm an album guy. I gotta, so I gotta, I, know. I gotta listen to the full thing. Anyways, back again. Let's tr let's steer the car away from the Slap old man. Slap it to the left if you're the old man canyon. Shake it to the right and run the field. Yes, so you're I think you're uh, 54 uh, years old. Around. How did that happen? When to become one. Also, I though, make love I will to say, you, I still can't get over the line. If you want to be my lover, you've got to get with my friends. Why didn't they say hang with my friends? It's probably some British it's thing. A, I, think, I believe it's a brash. But later brush. in the song, Scary Spice says, if you want to get with me, you got to make it last or whatever. So it's not like they're confused about what get with could mean. No, it's make it last forever. Friendship never ends. Oh, whatever. <laughs> You're just trying to fantasize that they want no, you to have not sex about with se all of them. That that song's not about sex. The especially the, their their message was not about sex. This is why I love the Spice Girls, and especially when well, I can't wait to talk about Spice World because again, <laughs> I I didn't think I could love it even more than was I did not when I was a kid. Expecting to enjoy it as much love. as I did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. It's 
stupid as fuck, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's supposed to be stupid, I think. But first, we have to talk about the toxic masculinity that brought them together. <laughs> ah! uh, I because guess I hate to these two. Bob and Chris Herbert. A little background on them. I will try to be as brief as possible because let's get to the ladies. Come on, that's where the good stuff's at. But because I, I will also say, which I did not, I didn't know this. I think that this is around the beginning of time when. Or I might be completely wrong about that, and I'm just not aware of that. These girls were put together to be the Spice Girls, and I didn't know that. I assumed that they had all been friends. That they decided to make the a girl propaganda group. of the movie, and that's what I just thought. Like, oh, they were friends forever, so they started making music together. <laughs> but <laughs> well, this is not the yeah, case. Yeah, sucker, dumb kid. <laughs> well, I guess it wasn't until no. really In Sync and Backstreet Boys where I really looked you know found out that oh these are being made in a lab somewhere yes. this is not just a thing a real thing so yeah i agree with you it was kind of it was of course though it was they called answered the call of an ad especially with such different differing personalities and everything and it was bob and chris herbert who put the ad the herberts will refer Ugh. to them as the Herberts. So they're bro- and, are they bros? Uh, no. They're father, father and son. son. Oh, father son. And I will say, if you want to dislike these men, please watch Raw Spice, which ha. is the documentary of when all of the Spice Girls were young and living together. And there's lots of interviews of the two of them, and it makes me upset. But you know what? They did a good job at this part of it. Is, is there a, a producer who puts these bands together who's not a piece of shit? I maybe there might be some of them out there. I think I I would like to hope that there are. Yeah, the guy the guy who put together the Backstreet Boys and Sync looks like the fucking Emperor from Dune from David yes, Lynch's the, Dune. No, yes, the, the um, <laughs> what's his name the 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 guy that begins with an H. No, but these guys weren't as bad. With <laughs> good job, almost there. Hor- yes, Horburn. I believe his name is. <laughs> you guys have both Mondroy. been indoctrinated by Henry. We did it. Now we these guys it. weren't touchies. They weren't as bad as the dudes that put together, but uh, the Backstreet Boys and In Sync and Ninety Eight Degrees. They just assumed they were dumb because they were young and because they were women. Yeah, and so so Bob Herbert, born in Brentford, England, he started out as an accountant that just, and this is a lot, uh, this generally happens with accountants, you just find yourself in some industry, not really by choice. He found himself in the music industry, and this is back in the mid-80s. And some of his early work was for the female vocal group, The Three Degrees, which started out in the mid-60s. I'd never heard of this group. They started out in Philadelphia, and continued on into the 2000s. How did they wow. do that for decades on end? Well, it's because there were always three women in the group, but they would rotate them out. So oh, like were, Menudo. Yeah, they were yes. they, they were 15 members total through the years. And while huh. working for the Three Degrees, Herbert met a guy named Luke Goss, who started a band with his brother, Matt, called Gloss. So, so this is actually, they were friends with his son, who he started this management company with. You don't want to call it hot goss? What the fuck's wrong with you? His last name's Goss. You made the band Gloss? Anyways, Bob (laughs) sees the potential, and these men with their dashing good looks, I looked them up, uh, they are very dashing British men. They are. And so, put the two together, right? He sees potential in a group, so he's already starting to look at trying to uh, manage, while also working for the Three Degrees as an accountant, so he's seeing how you would... You can create an act like that that could stand the test of time and be a big pop hit. And so he starts working with these guys. He's 
uh, Bob is, that is, and he's giving them rehearsal space and putting money into their demos and photo shoots and stuff like that. And after a year, the contract ended that he signed with them, and they ended up taking all of that and signing with a bigger name, renamed themselves Bros. Uh, and they got huge as a teen band in the 80s. So Chris is Bob's son, and so, of course, he's growing up in the music business as well. And at 21, he approaches his father for advice on starting his own talent management company. And it's actually Chris who had the idea. He says, at the time, the market was saturated with boy bands. In the UK, there was the E17, Take That, Bad Boys Inc., and Worlds Apart. There were loads (laughs) of them. That only catered to 50% of the audience. I thought it would be better to put together a girl band. Something sexy and sassy. Girls would aspire to be them, and guys would quote unquote admire them, which is a fun way to describe. I think that Holden quote unquote yeah, admired did admire them, them as well. Jack, Jack, yeah. <laughs> Their first project, yeah, was was to this this situation, this girl band, and so the Herberts, along with a financier named Cheek Mefer, they put out an ad in the trade magazine, The Stage, requesting that singers audition for an all-female pop band at Danceworks Studios. Of course, this is posted all over the place. I shall read the uh, this, this audition request. Wanted, the letters are you, 28 to 23, with the ability <laughs> no, to sing. 18 to 23. Oh, 18 to 23, with the ability to sing slash dance. Are you, streetwise, outgoing, ambitious, and dedicated? Heart Management Limited are a widely successful music industry management consortium current, uh, currently forming a choreographed singing slash dancing all female pop act for a recording deal. Open audition, Danceworks, 16 Balderton Street, Friday, 4th March, 11 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. Please bring sheet music or backing cassette. So this actually gets, I don't know if they were prepared for this. This gets 400 women. To show up to the audition, which sounds crazy to me to go yeah. through. Nah, this. no way. I think I think nowadays it's actually probably be more like a thousand. Would oh show yeah. Up. You guys never did like cattle call stuff in New York for? I guess not for com- comedy. You don't need to do that. No, I never went in for one of those. But I know that they get wi- uh, lots and lots and lots of people to anything show up. Anything with dance, theater, musical theater, anything like that. There, it is. They're cattle calls. There, there are so many people who want the job. I hate hate cattle calls yeah nightmare situation they're all placed in groups of 10 they have to learn and perform a routine to the song stay by eternal i've never heard of that before but i'm sure it's not eternal is great oh they're great oh okay yes i just assumed it was bad what's eternal who's eternal it's another it's a uk girl band how do you know that okay i looked it up oh also the uh lead singer of eternal did was part of the um, the Raw Spice documentary that I had watched because essentially they were trying to make these other bands but a lot of the other uh, female-based bands still had men a part of it. So that's why this, they wanted something that was all females and apparently Scary Spice, Mel B, comes in and the second they saw it, so they knew what they were looking for, that they wanted very specific different women to be involved in this so apparently mel b was in according to chris herbert after her first audition melanie brown aced it he says the 19 year old who would become mel b sang everyone off the stage performing the greatest love of all by whitney houston Mm -hmm. and she looked the part in a black top and a brown miniskirt 
Chris Herbert recalled, She had a young, funky look, was an okay singer, and a great dancer. She always gave it 100%. I thought, well, you're definitely in. So you think that's the first round, right? If right. you uh, Also, if you want to see that, the 2007 documentary about them shows their audition tapes. Oh, yeah. Oh, all their yeah. tapes, yeah, they they're all on footage. the YouTube. I've, I've yeah. even seen that. I didn't, I didn't catch the documentary. Uh, but I have even remember seeing footage of this ca- casting call, and she does. I mean, she is definitely you. You know, she's got star power. Looking at it, and that's right. what's great is seeing them so young too. And we will find out more about this as we go on. Is that their personas were heavily based on who they were as actual people like Victoria Adams who becomes Posh Spice Victoria Beckham that she ticked off an entirely different box for Chris Herbert because what Chris Herbert wanted was one of the girls to appeal to the more mature man Mm. so at the audition which is a disgusting way to say it (laughs) the sophisticated jack jack yes absolutely (laughs) me with my mahogany pipe and my my leather dancing boots and my this makes so much sense not your dancing boots is that at the audition victoria stood out dressed all in black with a crop top showing off a tanned midriff she was a product of stage school and sang mine air the showstopper liza minnelli performed in cabaret which also makes a lot more sense because it's not the most sing-songy of songs. Right. No. But it gives the essence and that's what she needed though. She needed to provide an essence to that group. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she had a good enough voice and she had a good enough dancing ability. You Although know I, mean? I will say, I'm just going to go ahead and say this now, apparently her mic is never on. <laughs> <laughs> of all really? of them, she is the one and she openly admits that her mic is never well, on. Well, she she's the one who didn't come back for the most recent tour which it didn't seem to miss anything with the, the music. It doesn't sound any different. No. I'm going to say though, I don't don't blame her. I, initially, I was no. like, oh, because I even remember that being a thing when they announced the she reunion tour. She doesn't need the money. She Why doesn't need she the do money. It? She did do the reunion tour the first time. It's yeah, like, the I already did this. We, I signed on. I'm sure she's exhausted from performing the same that same set of songs. That I mean, she's done it a thousand. You just times have to. You point. have to love the stage. Yeah. I'm a stage whore. I would right. always want to go back because right. you also have to remember though. They, as much we all know the Spice Girls, every, almost everyone knows at least has heard of the Spice Girls before. They only have three albums. Yeah. And I and, and one I think sucks. One of them is really not but really you good. Know what? They're great performers. I yes. Now that it, we've done this, I would totally go see them. I think it would be a fun oh, 100%, show. 100%, dude. 100%. And also, so Mel C., also came in immediately with the athletic vibe that they were looking for since she had a background in dance and also quote-unquote looked the part. So Muff Fitzgerald, who would later become <laughs> the Spice Girls PR. I just love it. Muff Fitzgerald is, I think, my new favorite name. Yeah. And I'd like to n- name a, a chinchilla Muff Yeah, Fitzgerald. no, you need like a, a dog. It sounds like a sexual position. You know what I mean? <laughs> Muff Fitzgerald continues to say, despite her initial boyish image, in many ways, she's probably the softest and warmest of all five girls. I will, and she's saying, I'm so excited, a 1980s classic from the Pointer Sisters. I think in everything that I read, not one thing of any kind of upset or any any barbs were thrown at Sporty Spice. Mel C seems to be the ultimate peacekeeper of just like, yeah. let's just have a good time. 
Let's have a good time. Well, <laughs> let's just make it like a fellow hangy langy. Especially Mel B from Leeds, who is just like in the documentary that I was watching, and also the illegal copy that we had to hunt down of Spice so World. So weird. Didn't have. Uh, and I'm usually I am I'm a slut for closed captions, and there was no closed caption either one. I just kept having to be like, "Excuse me." Oh yeah, especially oh, what? Especially <laughs> with scary her leads accent, and she talks really fast. You're just like, "That was the an interview." Good, good. I know that. But good, but good. A part a part of actually why she got that scary thing because that accent was so over the top. Also, uh, they were actually going to subtitle her lines throughout the entire movie. And ended up not uh, in the end, but that was actually for Spice World. They got notes from the studio execs. They were like, "Yeah, That's we're gonna very have to funny. subtitle her," which would have been so awkward. I feel like if they had done, that. it would have been weird. Um, <laughs> but I actually really like her accent. I think it sounds cool and like oh, kind of sexy punk. as fuck. Yeah, except the little tiny wireframe glasses. Jeff kept screaming about the wireframe glasses. Like she's so hot, but it's like the wireframe glasses just really put you off. I definitely had those exact <laughs> glasses Uh-oh. for about ten years of Jeff's my life. In the dog yeah, house. he's in the doghouse. Yeah, put because him in you there. Know what? Girl power. Cut his dick <laughs> off. In the second round of their auditions, the girls were given 45 minutes to devise the dance routine. Now, Mel C, Sporty Spice, couldn't be there because she had tonsillitis. The girl that was there, Leanne Morgan, was replaced by Mel C because she was doing a great job in the second round, but they found out she was 23, Ew. and that was too old. Gross. Even though it's the capper was 23, they still replaced her Why is she in the even third round. still walking around? Um, not ashamed yeah. of her body. I mean, it is really gross that she would be that old and like, actually show up. I mean, and try to dance. Ugh. And so apparently, Mel B immediately took. So there was twelve girls in the second round. Mel B comes in, scary spice takes the lead. And Bob Herbert told them to bring another girl up to speed. So this is when Jerry Hollowell is brought in because Jerry was not a part of the first round. She yeah. missed the first audition. How did she, she get this? Do you know? How did she get? She says, I actually missed the first round of auditions. So you have to remember, this is Ginger Spice. Ginger Spice is the oldest of all of them. Mm. But she is also the driving force of a lot of things of protecting all of them. Mm-hmm. So she comes in for the first audition. She misses the first round. She says, because I was visiting my grandmother in Spain, but something told me to ring the managers behind the ad, Chris and Bob Herbert from Heart Management, to ask if they were still looking. And they were. Essentially, she called them up and was just like, I am coming in to audition for this. And sent them over a, a a copy, like a like essentially a picture of her, a sexy picture of her, and was like, "I have this experience. I'm coming in to do this." And they're like, uh, "Okay," so they just bring her in, and also in the same with Sporty Spice, who missed the second round, but. That's really who they wanted, and she was young enough to be malleable. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's brought in for the third Which round. Which is usually why these co- these kind of guys bring in the youngest possible, like the you know the Britney Spears of the world, because they are literally clay that yes. they can shape into whatever they want. And then they get trapped in little girl then land they little in their head for the rest of their lives. And this is and this is why this part is also a little scary too in little girl land because before baby was brought in, before baby spice is brought in, Michelle Stevenson was the lost spice was the fifth. 
So she was chosen as a Spice Girl. And why did she leave? She was asked to because of her quote unquote commitment issues. So in the documentary I was watching, she is in, inter, she's interviewed and she says, I was the one at university, the intelligent one, as it were. They all thought I was going to be smart spice. One of the reasons she left the band was that it was not the kind of music I wanted to be doing. It was very, very pop. But also it's because Chris Herbert straight up just told her to leave. Because she was, she wouldn't finish, she wouldn't leave school. Because she had like classes and stuff and he wanted to control them. Yeah. And uh, they did actually for a little bit before they brought Emma in, they tried to bring in an actual baby. But the baby <laughs> couldn't learn the choreography in time and it kept crying due to the demands of the Herberts. La later the baby would say, I'm just a baby. Why are they trying to have me dance and sing? I can't even believe I can talk in full sentences like this. I know crazy words. I, I know the word extraordinary. Platform, I know the word pontificate. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just a baby. <laughs> yeah, but man, you know what the problem was with the actual baby? Not sexy enough while sucking on a lollipop. Right. I know. It's Baby Spice's fault that I always wanted to be able to sexually suck on a lollipop mm. and give a come hither stare. And that is something that I will never, ever, ever be able to do. Well, I think you should do it now. Sucky suckers. <laughs> I think you should start wearing really high on your head pigtails. I think that's a good idea. Sucking on I'm talking like this instead. I'm going to say I actually really like Baby Spice's outfits. I love Baby but Spice. But yeah. the, the carrying the baby dolls and the toys around is a little much for me the movie is like er, the thing that probably holds up the least of everything in like the film is that personality being on any level okay what i like to look at it as though is she is making fun of the britney spears thing the yes. sexy yes. baby thing i try to look at it like that and then it becomes a little bit la more acceptable more palatable. And, and also it is it's not done in a like no offense there's nothing wrong doing it in a strippery way but it's very much an innocent version of that where mm -hmm. people are charmed by her they're not but they're not going like talk to me and like a little girl yeah yeah yes and that's what i think that's what i love especially about the movie but just their personas in general is it's something that i think that we really saw with Mariah Carey as well, where they were very sexy, but they were being sexy for themselves and mm -hmm. no one was telling them how to be sexy. Exactly. And I didn't, I did not appreciate that when I was younger because I was not, I thought it wasn't cool, but looking at it now and, and knowing all of the other pop singers during that time that were so sexualized by much older men, they really held on to their own sexuality. Girl power. Girl power. Which is, obviously, <laughs> that's a Jamaican. corporate. Both of us don't know that. Girl power. I, or like girl Russian. Power. Girl power. <laughs> well, yeah, this, was the, this opened the doors for the new wave of feminism, right? Where you could be... Yes. You could wear revealing clothing and be sexy and also be t treated with respect and be a smart, individual, assertive person. And those two, li that line was not, uh, a d there was no dividing line there between those two aspects. No. And even though they were technically created by some dudes, they right. really took their the lead with their own personalities. And the sexuality really felt like their own, which you can't say about a lot of the girls at that time, unfortunately. And we're going to get to it really soon, but they prove that they earned, they earn that by the way that they handle those two dudes af eventually. Right. So we'll get there. Yes. Uh, I, I want to do like a brief rundown of the ladies and their backgrounds really quick and then we'll pop into um, essentially the, the the year 1994, the this intense rehearsal year that they have. But before that, 
Victoria Beckham, of course, originally Victoria Adams, was born in Essex and raised in Hertfordshire, and it's essentially what you would think. She had parents who founded an electronics wholesale business, which led to a very comfy living for her, and she had a, a love of music that was sparked by the film Fame, which I want to go back and watch now, because I don't think I've ever seen Fame. I want to live Oh, yeah, you gotta watch Fame. Right? She, she said she, she watched that in 1980, and it was, you know, it's a musical drama that follows a group of teenagers as they go through a high school of performing arts. When Very she, dramatic. When she so attended St. Mary's High School, she was embarrassed by her family's wealth and begged her father not to drop her off at the school in the road. Daddy, don't drop me off in the Rolls Royce. The other kids will do what they did, which was bully the shit out of her. They bullied her quite a bit. And this is the worst part, too, is a cheese scene. And, and it, when you're watching the, the early Spice Girls stuff, and she was not... She was not overweight by any oh, shape God. of the imagination. But it does show, it does make sense later on of why she struggles so much with eating disorders. Because she even wrote this, eight, she wrote a letter to herself when she was 18 years old that she read aloud and says, you are not the prettiest or the thinnest or the best at dancing at the Lane Theater Arts College. You have never properly fitted in. You have bad acne. You think the principal has put you in the back of the end of your show because you're too plump to go in the front, which may or may not be true. You haven't forgotten about being bullied at school, have you? But the thick skin that you've developed then is already standing you in good stead, and it will do so for the rest of your life. Jesus. She was ripped apart for being fat. I don't know if that's really a motivational letter to write to your <laughs> No, it's very upsetting. She said, yeah, about her time in school before Lane Theater Arts, she said, children were literally picking things up out of the puddles and throwing them at me. And I just stood there on my own. No one was with me. I didn't have any friends. So that's before she goes to the Independent Performing Arts College, Lane Theater Arts, a school in Surrey to study dance and modeling, and she later joined a pop group called Persuasion to sing backing vocals before going to an audition she read about in Showbiz Magazine. I wonder what that one would be. She dun, also, dun, dun. Uh, you can definitely look up Persuasion on YouTube and hear a song by them and see a very er, young photo of Miss Posh Spice. So next we have Melanie Jane Chisholm, a.k.a. Melcy, if you're nasty, or if you're mean to me. I don't know what that was. <laughs> uh, grew up in Cheshire, and her parents split when she was just four. Her mother had been singing in various bands since she was 14, so she grew up in music, which makes a lot of sense because I think she has one of the strongest voices of yes. the group. After high school, she studied dance, singing, drama, and musical theater at Doreen Bird College of Performing Arts in Southeast London, which is where she saw the audition notice in the stage. I wonder what notice that could be. Oh, bum, bum, bum. Melanie Brown, a.k.a. Mel B, if you want to be... Um, lean, oh, lean, sweaty, sweaty, lean. sweaty spices, slipping and sliding. Mel B, if you're... <laughs> If you're a bumblebee, <laughs> buzz Ooh, buzz, you see. He is spicy. Okay. You drag it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Mel B grew up in Leeds, which we already talked about, so whatever. Her father is from the Caribbean and her mother is British. Mel B studied performing arts at Intake High School in Leeds and then went straight to pursuing a career in entertainment, at first working as a dancer. How old was she at the time, do you know, when she... I know I'm putting you on the spot by asking you that. Do you know how old she was when she showed up? 19. She was 19? That makes sense, right? She went straight out of high school. She went right out of high school and also she is the... Other strong female, and not that they are not all strong, but she's a strong, open-mouthed presence that really butts heads. Her with and Jerry. Jerry, but also yes, there's speculation that they had some sort of a romantic relationship at some point, which is kind of it back seems, and forth. Yeah, I think that sounds like just another <laughs> masturbation <laughs> scenario that you've created. Sweaty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, fa- it, was, it was fascinating to see how much Jerry Hollowell, who we're about to talk about how much creative input she had she seems to be the leading force especially when it comes to writing the music writing the lyrics writing songs coming in with ideas every day and also again like i said protecting them and yeah. making like the sure mom. she yeah. was even though she was only a couple years older but she was the only one really that had ever lived i know that mel b had but it's like Posh, they continually are saying that Melcy, Posh, and Baby had never really lived outside of their parents' houses. They were before. kids. Yeah. How old was Jerry whenever uh, the, they started? 22. Oh, throw yeah. up. That's so old. <laughs> God. Can you imagine that being too old? That's, what did she show up in a walker to the audition? <laughs> Gross. It sucks, but like, that's what they start doing to you. Like, but it's always in these scenarios where they want you to feel old. It's like the creep old dudes want you to feel old at that yes. age and that's so insane and sometimes you don't understand that until you've gotten past that point you're like oh no my brain was still fucking jello at that point oh like, yeah ladies if i have to hear the word old one more time i'm gonna slip my stomach open and eat my own guts out of it no don't it's disgusting it to hear that word be said you're so be many too times sweaty you're gonna try to hold the knife and the knife is gonna slip out of your hands <laughs> I- i'll try to fix it with some other words youth young smooth skin oh thank god well oh. now i can be juicy again <laughs> juicy spice is back and busting and that's what i say about how juicy my body is. Oh my god, Juicy <laughs> Spice, your chair's all wet. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine Bendy Spice just does a backflip off of the chair. Yeah, I did. Too bad none of you can see it, but I did it. <laughs> Bendy Spice, I just, I just think like Fantastic Four like the uh, what's his Ooh, name? Oh yeah, the stretchy stretch. Yeah, Mr. Stretchman, Mr. Fantastic. Jerry Hallowell grew up in public housing in North Watford. Her mother is Spanish and her father is of Finnish descent. I did not. I was surprised to see that her mother was Spanish. I never picked that up on. She looks so like Gaelic. It's the fake hair dye. Ah, yeah, it's the fake red hair. <laughs> she went to two different all-girls schools for her education before going off to work as a nightclub dancer in the Spanish island of Majorca. She also, she was a presenter on the Turkish version of Let's Make a Deal, 
Which is which crazy. Is she just was gigging. She was doing it's, it, man. She was gigging, yeah. She was just saying yes to everything, hitting the ground running really hard. And she was also a glamour model. And of course, that is where we get to, I have to mention, the page three girl model shoot that she did the nude photos because I remember and that was a huge deal at the time unfairly I think yes. really mm-hmm. I mean in the mid 90s that sexuality again was really treated differently especially mm-hmm. for women and it wasn't even like she was doing like it wasn't even it was like topless. pornography it, it was, was very topless. tasteful it was taste, taste, nudes yeah. it yeah. was also just I think um, one of the very first big internet sensations like that. Internet had mm-hmm. just started, and that was one of the very first, like, whoa, you can see the girl on MTV. Mm-hmm. On this thing? The, the, nah, man, she was just boobies. spicing up your life before it, it was cool to spice mm-hmm. up your life. Mm-hmm. It's exactly mm-hmm. right. So it's And also, I just have to mention that, yeah, so she was a page three girl in the sun at the age of 19, and uh, that's where those pictures come from. Page three, if you don't know, this is such a weird old thing that finally got, they got rid of it finally in, I think, the 2010s, 2011, around that time. But and, uh, page three was a British tabloid tradition of featuring a topless woman on the third page of various magazines that started in 1970. And finally, it was recently, too recently, honestly, deemed old-fashioned. And they got rid of it. But it was like every... And I remember when I was in London doing study abroad, like for college. Like, yeah, it was so weird. It was like... I don't understand. You mean just the third page just has a topless woman on it? Yeah, just had like a naked woman. That's like where certain... And certain women became very famous from... Oh, it's interesting. I, I've never heard of this before. You're a page three girl. So it's kind of like how page... We know what page... When someone says page six, we know yeah. that's the gossip rag page, right? Well, in yeah. Britain, page three was like, that's where the Funyuns are, I'll call them. Oh, yeah. But you you ain't crying when you start <laughs> no, peeling. I, I cry. I cry when oh, I Oh, yeah. Them. Well, I, I mean, it just depends on what you're into. Absolutely. But what about Emma Baby Spice? <laughs> Emily Bunton, the most British named uh, of the group. She grew up in North London. Her mother was a karate instructor, which I love. Cool. And her father was a milkman, but the two split when she was just 11 years old. She went to a Roman Catholic primary school before enrolling in the Sylvia Young Theater School to study octing. I didn't know they still had milkmen in the 70s and 80s. Hell I guess, yeah. I guess yeah, I can see, especially in, in Europe. Europe's old school, bro. They kick it old school, dude. They no, still they know what they're doing. They, still, co- they still cobble and shit out yeah, there. Yeah, they got like cobblestone streets and all yeah. that Yeah, that shit. Yeah, not us. I say put more chili on my dog. Yeah, get rid of all that nature. Gross. Yeah, if a, <laughs> if a dog bites your leg off, you, you get it replaced with like a wooden one still. Like just a wooden oh, little. awesome. Yeah. I want to be just like Captain Hook. <laughs> Except that's, does he have both legs? No, I it was think just, so. Oh, was, oh yeah, the crocodile, right? Anywho, uh, she got some early work um, appearing as a mugger in the soap opera EastEnders, as well as a sex worker in the drama series to play the king in the early '90s. And it it said prostitute on the Wikipedia page, and I just want everyone to know I changed it to sex worker. Thank God he brought Thank it up God. because how are we not going to give him his accolades? I thank you for me being brave. <laughs> <laughs> so how did Baby Spice come to be Baby Spice. So we had talked about Michelle Stevenson earlier, but it was actually the Spice Girls' first voice coach, Pepe Lemaire, recommended her because <laughs> she had Pepe. worked with her in oh, the past. Muffin Pepe, hang it Pepe out. is a woman, actually, and she was invited to audition and sang right here by American Girl Trio SWV. 
And oh, yeah. Chris Herbert said she was very cute, very nice with a sweet voice. And she had been brought in on recommendation from Pepe because Pepe had worked with her in the past. Now, apparently, what's kind of cute is that she and Mel B immediately bonded the first night that she was brought in. This is after they're already living together because they ate a big midnight feast of scrambled eggs. And Mel B was just excited because there was actually another girl that joined the house that liked to eat. And I thought that that was a fun I thing to bring probably up. Probably they all liked to eat, but then could not because of the brains in their heads that were being told that they well, were gross. You gotta see. So you, you so they go they go from this audition into being put into a three bedroom house in that they all Berkshire. lived in. Yes, mm-hmm. and Pepe says it was very important for them to all live in the same house for them to bond because if they were going to make it together, they would be together all the time. Why didn't they give them a five bedroom house? Uh, and it's crazy. So Jerry was the only one that had her own bedroom. The and then it was it was Baby and Posh Spice in one bedroom and then it was Scary and Sporty isn't in the other not, bedroom. Is that already pitting them against each other? Yes. What, what the why? And and it made sense because it's like even the way that they had like the reason why Posh and Baby stayed in the same room together is at least what it seems like the room was filled with like stuffed animals and <laughs> stuff like that. And mm. because both of them had never really left their home Ugh, before. It's making me creeped out Ugh. a little bit. And then in the Mel B resolve when watching Raw Spice in the Mel B and Mel C's room, they, it was like the room was bare except for a red light. That this the whole room was lit red. And then there's Jerry's room, and Jerry was just like, I said I'd never live with anybody else. And so her whole room just filled with clothes. That was a good southern accent oh, for no reason. They, they don't, I don't need it. I don't want to remit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she didn't. She didn't want the roommates. She didn't want the roommates. But the others did want roommates. Well, they didn't really want them, but they didn't really have much of a choice. No one wants there roommates. Was really no, there was really nowhere else to go. Their place looked disgusting, Ugh. and they were forced to. They were they were forced to perform or rehearse every single day. And they worked for an entire, what was it, Holden? Like an entire year, but only on four songs? Yeah, so the songs were being written for them. There were, I believe, four of them. Uh, They were written for them by folks that Bob Herbert had enlisted. And they recorded these demos in a studio during their first two months. But they were working the whole year rehearsing the performances and stuff. The songs were referred to as, quote, very young pop, including one song called Sugar and Spice, which is where their name would eventually come from. Uh, Hallowell apparently came up with this. And eventually, there was a rapper named Spice, right as they were really trying to get their name out there. So they a- attached the girls to it. So to be Spice Girls. Because at this time, they were being called Touch. So the band Ew. was called Touch, and yeah. that is what the Herberts wanted them to be referred Ew. to as. Yuck. So they were all were given a weekly wage, but it was almost nothing. To the point that Jerry was the only one that had her own agent at this point, John Sachs. And John Sachs said, I saw her during this time, and I said, Jesus, Jerry, do you want a sandwich? Because those legs are so skinny. She was just boobs. They barely had the money to eat. So they were, weren't really eating. And also at the same time, you put five strong women together in a house make them rehearse and none of them like they're starting at zero Pepe Le Maire says constantly of like they had no really like Mel C was one of the few that like she already had like the great singing chops but the yeah. rest of them didn't really even they didn't know their scales they didn't know like because they, they were children they were children because they never so they had to learn from the bottom up and and be like 
kind of just beaten into getting these four songs not not, not literally. literally physically beaten no but <laughs> emotionally beaten and because then they're also all living together first time out of their house and all of them start to fight of right. course mel c apparently was almost removed from the band because she said there was a little scuffle between myself and victoria and i was told if that behavior ever happened again i'd be out and i think that a lot of this control as we will start to see now they were put into this situation it on It sounds like purpose. a reality show. Yes. Yeah. They were put into this on purpose to see if they had not only what it took, but also then they had to stay in line or they'd be booted. Mm. This whole time, all of this work, they are not under contract. Yikes. So at the end of 1994, December of 1994, Chris Herbert sets up a showcase, and this is actually a giant launching off point for them. According to one article I read, Mel B physically dragged songwriter Richard Biff Standard into the showcase, who later said of it, it was a bit of love at first sight. They were just fantastic. Straight away. Chris. <laughs> it was there. It was there for a second, and then it became Australia. <laughs> Chris Herbert had this to say. Pretty much all the writers, Ugh. producers came back to us and said, we want to work with them. These girls have got something magic. The girls put on the most amazing performance. <laughs> they held together oh, and turned it back on the writers and producers. It was as if they were auditioning them to be writing for the girls. That was a switching point. And the band will be coming in charge. Oh, wow. <laughs> Switching it's up in the end. Yeah, turned into a bit of a Ringo situation. It was a bit of a Ringo. Now, Stannard is someone that <laughs> will stick with them through all of this and will keep writing music for them. So this is the beginning of their relationship yes. as well. Stannard and his partner, Mike Rowe, who had already been put on the map by... Uh, writing the hit song Steam, which was performed by East 17. They had the ladies over for a session, minus Victoria Adams, who couldn't make it. Standard said, I'll just, I'll just say it normal. I was quite intimidated by them. When needed to write something, we needed to write something about that. And from the very, apparently, and this is what I hear a lot about just sessions with the ladies, it is they are so hard to wrangle. They're all just like, it's very chaotic. They're all yelling and joking around and having a laugh. And they're just all over the place. And apparently from the but very loud. But then also loud, screaming at yeah, each other. Yeah. <laughs> so from, apparently from the very loud creative session, the lyric, if you want to be my lover, you've got to get with my friends appeared betwanced standard. He became fixated on it as a chorus. Jerry Hallowell said, we started off simply mucking about with chords and raps. Right from that moment, I think we all realized that this was something special. It happened so naturally that the song seemed to symbolize what we were about. And I would definitely agree with her on that. That, that is, that's definitely, I think, one of their strong points is even if it was chaotic to make that uh, the music, the manic energy they have is really infectious. Yes. And really, like... It, it it draws you into them. Oh, and yeah. And again, that's what gets lost in the third album. And I think that yes. I want to keep relaying back to that because it's this chaotic energy. Because I was talking to you two before we started about how just eclectic and all over the place those first two albums are stylistically, tonally, and everything. And then the third album comes out and every song kind of sounds the same. It's incredibly produced. It's all coming from this one specific direction. And then you go, no, that's not what they were about. The fact that... 
there was a rap in there, and then they did a, a jazz number. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then there's like disco elements, and there's R and B elements, and and so this is that's why the Spice Girls are such magic is because it is a fusion of all five of them, but also separate. It's like yeah. you know, it's like the Great American Melting Pot versus the Canadian Mosaic. This is much more of a mosaic. <laughs> this is also of of characters. Yeah, it's another reason why Baby Baby Spice didn't fit in because the baby was like, I don't know what any kind of music is yet. Googie right. Goggy. That was the I thing. can't put the, the boots on. Mm-hmm. Googie Goggy. OG Baby Spice, which is called, uh, did release a, a solo album later called The Original Baby Spice. <laughs> Googie Goggy Menage a Trois mm-hmm. is fantastic. Oh, um, that was a rough one to That was a rough one to one sell, yeah, but it's, it's really looking good. Looking back is really uncomfortable. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Suck my binky, you ho. That right. was another fun one. Right. Yeah, surprisingly angry, that baby. <laughs> I get it. Piss on mama's nose. It's because their gums one. hurt all the time. Yeah, right? that's true. When you're teething, you have a lot to be mad about. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, I just love everything. The energy that comes from the Spice Girls. That So at this point in time, they, are, they have these men that are telling them, no, 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 you're touch. So we're still referring to them as as the different spices at this point, but they're not even there yet. They're still touch, and they're learning these four songs, and this is around the time that we realize, that, well, that they start realizing, that they are keeping them under lock and key, that heart management is, so that they are able to change the lineup whenever they want and so and what Chris Herbert said about them so that they're always hungry for it always on their toes Ugh. so so now they're gonna break free from the Herberts the Herberts and I love that it actually sounds like they pulled off a heist I almost wish this was in Spice World this is actually and it starts before this too yes it is it's just like the Spice World yeah because uh, they had actually in um the, as they start recording these songs, so before this part, Jerry was the one that wanted to be separated from the Herberts. She says she knew how to work the room. Because she was the oldest and had the most experience and was like, oh, these guys are manipulating. And was yeah. aware of the fact that they weren't under contract. Yeah, they had not signed a contract. Really important detail. The only thing that the heart management had was their master recordings at their office, which is why Jerry, Mel B, and Mel C, they go to the heart management office to somehow, and this this actually works out, somehow get the master recordings from the Herberts. And while Victoria and Emma went to the recording studio they were working out of just to grab whatever belongings they had left there as a group. And then after that, they literally had no ties to the Herberts and were able to break off and, and do their own thing. Well, and they actually, they did that after they had gotten the Herberts to set up their showcase for them. Yes. So this is why it's so smart. So they got the masters after they had convinced them to put the money in to get a bunch of industry insiders to come and watch them perform so that they could get all of the connections out of it. This is why Jerry was so fucking smart and still wouldn't sign any of the contracts. So after the showcase, the Herberts give them a contract to sign because they wanted them to always dress the same. They want they wanted them to be touch and to not have any individual fashion ideas and they wanted them to only sing covers of other people's songs. Weird. And that's what the contract was going to say and so since they had already had the showcase and they had already met all these industry insiders and now they've got the master recordings of their songs they're like actually 
we're not gonna. And they said, fuck you, go power. Go power. Still does <laughs> not sound good. Go power. Go power. Let me mansplain you to how to say girl power properly. Good power. Girl power. Girl power. Girl power. But also, I just need to say this real fast because this grossed me out. A quote from what I wrote down, big fuck Chris Herbert in Raw Spice says, I don't think they're the best looking girls in the world, but... They're kind of attractive and unthreatening, Ew. which is what he had said about putting them all together and why he thought he was such a genius. He is, wow, he is so smart. Um, but you know what? Actually, in this sense, they are sort of the Spice Girls fake story of them coming together and mm-hmm. creating themselves. Power. Right. They really did kind of do that. They definitely did. Because that, that's what Holden had said earlier. Jerry was the one that came up with the name of the Spice Girls. They're basically, if they just added at the beginning of the movie that they all came together because they were human trafficked together and then they became friends, it would have been pretty accurate. I And I, <laughs> I, I also watch, maybe they'll do a reboot of Spice World later on because I want to see the Ooh, real story of it. I want to see a dark, edgy sure. one. The dark Christopher Nolan directed reboot? Yes. They were called Spice, but everyone, everywhere they went to, they said they were called the Spice Girls. In reference, which is why they ended up just being called the Spice Oh, Girls. okay. And this yes. is and so it takes them a few weeks. Apparently, they were even working out of Jerry's car as like an office, and they eventually end up signing with Simon Fuller at 19 Management in mid 1995. And Simon Fuller is really going to take their career to another level. Fuller puts the group in the studio while shopping out record deals, record labels, until he and they landed on Virgin Records after quite the battle between labels. A lot of labels really wanted to sign the ladies after their big showcase and everything. They were signed to a five-album deal with an advance of $1 million. There was a big party thrown, and I love this little tidbit. The ladies, a limo was sent for them. They filled the limo with five sex dolls that matched each member of the group, and then they made their (laughs) their way to the party themselves, not using the limo. I love (laughs) it. And apparently Simon Fuller was persuaded to sign the group to his 19 management company because he had just heard the demo of the Spice Girls. He didn't even go see them at the the performance showcase that they had put on. And it was something that was more of a low-key R&B than what hmm. they were actually ended up doing. But he was the one that assisted in helping them become the, like, pop icons <laughs> that they wanted to be. And I also like that it was like, go into the studio, do your job, I'll do my job and yes. get the business and not be all weird about, like, what they're putting out there, which is the fact they were given this freedom at this point is really amazing. So you have... Uh, some other key players, Emma Poole from Virgin's marketing department was signed, assigned to be their creative manager. That not only oversaw the styling and marketing of the group, but also served as, she also served as a confidant. Poole said, I had the most intimate knowledge of what went on and became extremely close to them. We'd be there trying on the clothes, and I would be hearing their sob stories. The girls themselves phoned different local recording studios to get info on be, uh, on obtaining a new producer for their album. They end up landing on Elliot Kennedy. They just showed up at his door. Again, I love these stories. They're a like, maelstrom of energy. Yeah, yeah it's totally. crazy. They just showed up on his doorstep. Jerry Hallowell just said, you don't know us. We're from a group called Spice. We don't like our management, and we're leaving them. Will you work with us? And so... Uh, that's it's, so they ended up getting the Spice Girls onto the airwaves 
essentially, uh, this all came down to a woman named Nikki Chapman. And uh, she approached the whole situation with a nine-month plan. Chapman said, Wannabe was one of those records that people thought might be big, but I don't think anyone realized how enormous it was going to be. So we didn't rush into releasing it. We really did work out a strategy and what we were going to do so that we knew when it was released, it would have the ultimate impact. And it really worked out for them. She really is, I hope she's just been a very high-paid person ever since then. One approach to this, by the way, was leading up to the release, getting them into the tabloids. And one of the ways they did that was by climbing all over a horse statue at a racetrack. And this led them to being run off the grounds by security, got them in the papers. Spice World, anybody? (laughs) I mean, it's actually, that movie's actually kind of accurate. Yes, even the aliens. They later trapped a journalist in the ladies' room and sang Wannabe for him. (laughs) And also uh, Chapman hooked them up with their first TV appearance on a uh, Saturday night review show called Surprise, Surprise, and got them a meeting with I don't want the second surprise. I'll stop at the first surprise. (laughs) (laughs) I know, really. Um, And uh, yeah, it was called Surprise, Surprise. They ended up meeting with its producer, and again... They stormed into the place and they sang for her, and that's what got them on the show. God the appearance damn. was in the May of ninety. The appearance happened in May of ninety six, and they snagged them an audience of twelve million folks. And honestly, that's how they got on the radio. The radio refused to play them. The radio, separate from TV, did not get it. And at the time, that was the only way you really could get heard was like the radio on the radio individual radio stations would have to play you a hundred percent there was no soundcloud kids wow and go walk out that door and you had to get it yourself okay child mm. that's listening to this non-adult that's listening to this unless it's the og baby spice in which i mm. will milk myself and warm that bottle and mm-hmm. uh let's get to talking and writing some music <laughs> now this is around the time that they get their spice nicknames. Did you guys know they didn't give them to themselves? What? How, Mel what? B says it was a product of lazy journalism. Now I've heard everything. <laughs> Peter Lorraine, who ran UK magazine and TV show Top of the Poops, uh, ran a feature story on the group in July 1996. Mel B says he couldn't be bothered to remember all our names. So he just gave us nicknames and we were like, oh, well, that kind of works. I don't mind my name. Do you like your name, baby? Posh. We were like, let's just go with it. She said. So now Lorraine and his staff Mm. came up with them out of convenience. I'm not going to do another one. No, it was actually not that bad. Thank you. Posh was the first one to be thought up because Victoria looks pretty sophisticated. The rest were pretty easy, really, because the girls' characters were already really strong. The names just jumped out of us. We laughed the most when we came up with Scary. Jennifer Crawthen, who was also from Leeds, came up with that one because Mel B was so loud and had tried to take over the whole photo shoot. It's (laughs) like a baller name, too, because... You have to be really confident to have the name right. scary. Yeah, dude. And then yeah. she goes, ah, she does that uh, a lot in the movie, which is interesting. Uh, and they had to actually fight with Virgin and Fuller to get Wannabe on as the first single, which I thought is interesting. So they really did just do everything their way. They wanted Love Thing to be the original single, and they fought against it. I do remember in that we're about to talk about the wannabe music video because it really was, I so think, their great. big breakthrough moment. And maybe it's that that's because to me that was my first 
meeting with them was seeing them in that music video on no, MTV. No, I think that was true for almost everybody. Yeah. Right. Me. yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was something about it. It really stood out. There was a lot of... I, there was I feel nothing like, like it. Nothing like it. Yeah, there was nothing like it. Everything was so generic right around that time, with mm-hmm. pop, especially pop music videos, mm-hmm. pop and rap music well, videos. And they were really trying to do something with this where it seemed like it, they were trying to make it seem like one long extended shot, which I don't know. I was also fairly young, but... I don't think I'd ever seen something like that before. Right. No, no, it was it was definitely a, a jump into the modern time. It was like it was forward thinking. Yes, for sure. But this is because, and and arguably, this worked a little bit against them with Spice World, depending on how you view that film. This was because they just flew by the seat of their pants every second. Of every career move. So, but no wonder they were getting so drained so quickly, too, because they were putting every map, like part of them into every single thing that they did. Mm-hmm. Oh, they worked their ass off, as we'll talk about it when we get to Spice World. Director of video at Virgin, Carol Burton Fairbrothers, said anything to do with the Spice Girls seems to be out of the norm. She would usually spend months and months planning and looking at different directors for a music video, but instead, Fuller just said, hey, I want to go with this unknown at the time Swedish director whose biggest credit at, was an ad for the fashion line Diesel. And uh, Fairbrother, after given the script for the video, said, From the early outset, the girls had a clear and concise idea of what they were about, and they were absolutely sure that this was what they wanted to do. Jerry Hallowell said, The idea for the video was to recreate the same energy and dynamism that we showed when we crashed into record companies and did the frenetic hard sell. We invaded places and left people breathless. We had to bounce through the place, singing wannabe and sweeping away the cobwebs. And I think that's such a good, what a smart, Approach. Well, yes. it sounds like that's actually how they got anywhere. Everything. They were storming places, and that's what they're doing in the video. They're like breaking yes. into the old people's party. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It is mm-hmm. like with their personalities and ever just like and like all of their different clothes. Like you can't take the vi- them in in one glance. No, but it's it's such yeah, it's intoxicating because you're just overwhelmed by color and sense and sequence and, and boobies there's so many boobies they're 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 yeah and 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 so their clothes by the way i mean it's all cheap low cost items very quickly purchased they put together yeah they put together the by the way the 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 video was shot through the night in very cold weather which is why and this is it part is banned of the in certain parts of asia my virgin hated it why because the virgin nip- hates it the, the girls nipple. were freezing cold which showed itself in various different ways. Oh, the video, I wonder what ways. The video was later banned <laughs> in some parts of Asia because of Brown's erect nipples. Additionally, Ugh. the lighting was considered too dark and gloomy. The best takes showed the girls bumping with the furniture and looking behind them. Virgin was also worried that music channels would consider it too threatening what? the fact that old people appeared in the video. The part when they jumped up on the table and Hallowell's showgirl outfit. That's so Immediately, stupid. Virgin opened discussion about a reshoot of the video or to make a different one of the U.S., but the group refused, and the video was sent for trial airing in its original form. So dumb. It's nipples. Everything has them. Mammals have them. All of it's stupid. Even just the idea that them storming in was going to be threatening. Because why? Because they're women? Is that why? Well, the part for me that I'm surprised at, I always thought it got banned from the Asian places because of, I feel like even by the time Wannabe came out, they were just so old. Too old. I know, Just like, get the walkers out. Bring the OG baby back in because Why are they 
They should cover up their bodies because they're so wrinkly. I want my babies, buzz, babies, buzz, babies, buzz, babies, buzz. I want my. I, I can't believe it took you British this long in the episode to come up back. with that one. I want my British babies, buzz, back. Put in oh, a pinky. God, I would drink that baby's blood just to li- just to be as a youthful person again. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Of course, after releasing the song in clubs and making the radio station rounds, the single Wannabe is released at number three in July of that year and would top the charts a week later and stayed at number one for the rest of the summer. And the single went on to sell four million copies. And this is when they become this giant, explosive, worldwide thing with the album Spice. Also, the fact that they knew what they were doing, dude. Apparently, Mel B said writing Wannabe took about 10 minutes. Mel B was the one that came up with the zigzag ah line, and it was recorded and written in less than about 10 minutes. She says, we were listening to an old shaggy reggae song, and we were like, oh my god, we have to do something annoying like that song. <laughs> so they, they themselves wrote it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, wrote, they wrote Wannabe, and apparently Mel B said she wrote the rap for Wannabe in the only quiet place in the house they shared in the water closet is that the toilet <laughs> i was like how did a minute i want to go off to the toilet and write to quick rip i made a little tinkle and was rotten and i came up with the <laughs> water closet's what they call their piss house and yeah rip. piss house but dog. they call piss we the we <laughs> take a tinkle we come on guys reel it in guys oh sorry let's, no more smiling let's get serious let's be serious <laughs> yeah let's be serious about girl power please so elliot kennedy i believe we mentioned elliot kennedy uh, with with elliot they put together the tracks love thing and say you'll be there uh with the duo paul wilson and andy watkins they were very unsure about working with the group at first. They heard their songs. They were like, we don't think we get this. Mm-hmm. They eventually worked together and put together Who Do You Think You Are and the song Naked, among others. And the group was involved in the writing of all the songs with Jerry Halliwell in particular coming in every day with a notebook full of ideas. Watkins said Jerry would come up with the big with the concept for a song. Typically, she'd sing one line and the girls would pick up on it and we'd pick up on it and construct around it. And then Mel C and Emma would be very active. They'd really like to sit and sing melodies and go off and come up with little sections. And Victoria, she would sit in the corner and she would pretend she was anywhere else but the... I'm just kidding. I made up that part. But I I I never hear her name when it comes to like (laughs) writing songs or... 
really being involved in any way musically with the group. I do think that that was kind of her. That's her, her character. Yeah. Is like being glib and just sort of because mm-hmm. again, all of their characters are, were based on their own yeah. personalities. Mm-hmm. I didn't, and she apparently was raised with "fuck you" money. So. Yeah, dog. Mm-hmm. I think this is a kind of fun little fact. The harmonicist Judd Lander can lay claim to playing on two classic songs culture club's 80s classic karma chameleon hmm. and spice girl's second chart topper say you'll be there ah say you'll be great there great harmonica solo wait say you'll be is that the one that goes i'm giving you everything i didn't realize there was harmonica in that oh yeah there's a harmonica solo in it what? yeah oh mary can you play it because i don't know what it is So on the business end, they decided to share equal songwriting credit on every song to show solidarity, which I think is really cool, but also maybe not maybe not smart in hindsight. While also they did, however, have the foresight to see how the business was changing and, and made it a point to split publishing royalties with their collaborators as opposed to giving that up, which is not normally the norm. Normally the norm was like, you get money from doing the live shows, we get the publishing royalties. And they right. were like, no, 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 no. And that was very smart for that time. So following Wannabe, they released Say You'll Be There in October and then To Become One in December, both of which hit number one respectively. So now they are just massively household names and also it was still i mean it's and it still is it's difficult for british bands to conquer the american charts but the spice girls did it just like in britain their debut single wannabe went to number one and their first album shifted 10 million copies yeah as well in it's it's like especially for their first album to immediately come over to america and also absorb our charts as well yeah it's nuts crazy and global phenomenon and it was i mean we remember it it was spice i do even though i didn't listen to it i have a very distinct memory of seeing that music video took over the world at that point and then they appeared on snl and then princess die unbelievable oh ruined your (laughs) your journey november of 1996 is when they released spice by the way it it, by the way it does go on to be 10 times certified platinum that is karaza uh so and now they're really getting into the girl power stuff the group performs who do you think you are at the uh to open the 1997 brit awards and this is where jerry hallowell uh appears for the first time in that famous union jack gucci mini dress she looks so good and i love this because it was initially just a black gucci dress and jerry felt it was too boring so she had her sister stitch on a Union Jack tea towel to the front, which I couldn't imagine asking someone to like mangle a Gucci dress. I love that she did. I that. love that they did, and, and it it's very right. funny. I I love that dress, but it's funny they call it a dress because it is in fact a bathing suit. Yes, it is. It's very yes, it is very tiny. It may as well have just been the tea towel. This is also when they start really realizing the sexism in the music industry. So this entire time, and this uh, was what Mel C says about it. We were told that girl bands don't sell. We were going into magazines and meeting editors who told us they couldn't put us on the front cover because we won't sell the magazines. I always assumed that the idea of girl power and everything that they put in was something that they were told to do by the their management mm-hmm. team. And it wasn't. 
This all came from them and how angry they were that they're like, why can't we as women be just as big as these other boy bands? And now one example of this sexism was revealed when behind-the-scenes footage of the Spice Girls on the set of a 1997 Polaroid commercial was leaked on Twitter. So they were dressed in school uniforms for their parts as Harrow schoolgirls. The band could be seen losing their tempers when a misogynist director demands they show their cleavage and midriffs. Marching up to him, Mel B asks, "Was it you? Why do you ask that we show cleavage? Why do you ask that we show that?" And she points to her body, and he says, "It's every man's fantasy." He replies sleazily before adding, "That's showbiz." However, he didn't bank on the rest of the Spice Girls turning up to back Mel up. Jerry pointing a finger in his face slams him as a chauvinistic pig meanwhile posh spice appearing out of nowhere does what she does best schools them in fashion she says it's not sunny pulls his sunglasses from his head and says stop trying to look cool (laughs) she then walks off to try and give them to someone else offering them to anyone willing to pay a quid as ginger spice says the director really should know better at his age and we love that and at the end of the clip both she and mel refuse to shake his hand as they do the rest of the crew naturally he looks more more than a little abashed could it be that he's finally learned his lesson so this is them really starting like they are a force to be reckoned with and they will not be put down because there are women and mel b says we realized we had something really important to say it gave us even more determination to succeed because we realized very early on we weren't just doing this for ourselves and each other we were doing it for girls being told we couldn't do something was like a red was like a red rag to a bull to the spider Girls. <laughs> yeah, good power. Good and, then, and, and so in 1997, they released their manifesto, Girl Power. Did you guys check that out at all? Did you back in the day when you were little? No, girls I wasn't. Yourselves? But I, I will say my first screen name was Flower Power 98. So <laughs> probably had something to do with yes. this. I want everyone to know that every time I say Girl Power, I am doing the double peace hands Aggressive up in the air. Peace hands. <laughs> Aggressive. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they they also caused a lot of controversy at a performance for the royalty of Great Britain when Mel B and Jerry kissed Prince Charles on the cheek and pinched his bun. They did. There's video of it. There's video. You can you should look it up. It's That's pretty good. You're not supposed to do it. She pinches his ass. <laughs> so now we move into Spice World, the film and album. What a what a crazy leap. What a wild charge into the next section of their career. It's pretty amazing. And in very early meetings with Fuller, however, they were already talking about doing a movie. And it makes so much sense. This is their hard day's night. And if you think about Mm -hmm. the British tradition of pop bands, this is such a part of it. It's doing that, especially for the type of energy they're bringing, which is quite Beatles-esque, early Mm Beatles-esque, when you look at it in the sense that they're it's like this fun loving they're all uh, young, young definitely young not too old they're sex icons but they're rebe- but they're rebellious you know what yeah. i mean it also mm. has a very british um, very british style british air about it yes mm. something that's not american where it's just like let's Gaba. play a song and we'll dance in a field and we'll speed it up yeah kind of thing it's great yeah i love, I it. love, I love it. it oh yeah it, again it's very different i don't know why spice world has been scrubbed from the the world it, we yeah by in- the way so if you do want to watch spice world you have to either purchase the dvd on amazon or um steal it 
because you cannot watch it any other way. We Doesn't tried. stream. I was like, I wanted to give it money. I, I would have paid like, for it. Yes. Let yeah, me just, take my money. I don't have voodoo. Sorry. I don't. I don't. I do, no, you can't even with voodoo. No, I downloaded it. I tried with voodoo. Oh, don't let them lie you can't. to you. Yeah. Oh, that was that was a trick. It was a I lie. Don't, I do not condone pirating um, content at all. But I do. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> member of Screen Actors Guild over here, uh, wow. you're taking money out of my pocket. Whoa. And my own. I'm also a member of Screen Actors Guild. <laughs> <laughs> you dummy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you might have to steal it if you want to watch it. And I do think you should watch it because it's a really fun movie. The plot revolved around them trying to perform their biggest show yet at London's Royal Albert Hall while a tabloid newspaper reporter spies on them and their best friend went into labor and Ginger Spice kissed an alien. Yeah. Those aliens are weird. Gross. I don't like them. Yeah, the alien part's great. (laughs) I, I was so happy to see that. The pregnant Asian woman, though. I am like, come on, guys! Like, the, obviously, like they need they needed an Asian person to be like, we're friends to the Asians as well, and then and then she's pregnant. Because like they're all young and like having fun. Because we like, support we support with there for our friends. Friendship also, never ends. She was also a token poor person. Yes, that they were like, we still like poor people. The whole thing is so funny. It's like, guys, this is so obvious. Can we reel it in just a little bit to get to this wacky script? Though I will say, if they were first working with. Disney. I want I want to see what this script was because they outright rejected the script Disney tried to give them. And then mm. Kim Fuller, uh, who is Simon Fuller's brother, wrote a script on spec that they would end up going with. And the producers for this was a new company called Fragile Film. So again, it's like the director of Wannabe. None of these people have experience. Kim didn't have experience, I don't think, really writing scripts. Fragile Films was brand new. Fragile Films, though, was co-run by Annie Lennox's husband, who Simon Fuller also managed. That was his other big name under his belt. Uh, And the ladies all had input, but again, it seems like Jerry was the one. Jerry Hallowell was the one coming in, very fervent about what ideas she wanted to go into the script, all that stuff. Barnaby Thompson, co-producer, had this fucking shit to say. The Spice Girls managed to somehow be popular and also hip at the same time. So literally everyone we ever asked to have a cameo in the film, they'd say yes. Casting directors would ring us up every day with other people who were sort of offering to be in the movie. And this segues does segue Natalie into Mm -hmm. just the... I could not believe the so cameos. So great, the it's cameos. A, that's what, it's just, you, you gotta give them, please check out Spice World if you have not seen it. It's a delightful romp filled with a very, the fact that these celebrities, because you could tell, they've got no fucking money. There's no money really in this movie. And it's, right. it, it is truly wild to think about. Obviously, they had to have written a script for this, but it's crazy to think that a human being sat down and wrote the script for this movie. Yes. was like, yeah, this is gonna be where... The aliens want to come to your show, and this is going to be where the bus is bigger than um, it's, it should be on the outside, and then you guys are going to live in on a castle for a little bit. But it's self-aware, and Meatloaf is in it, and James Bond is in it. Roger Moore, Meatloaf, Alan Cumming, Elvis Costello, Elton John, 
Bob Hoskins, Jules Holland, Hugh Laurie, and Stephen Fry. All you're, you're, in the movie. You're missing the most important one, which is the guy who plays the tabloid photographer is Richard O'Brien, the creator of Rocky Horror Picture Show, who's uh-huh. also Riff Raff in yes. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Wow. And also the person, I believe it was either the director, I forgot, I, I meant to write this down, that worked with Absolutely Fabulous because yeah. also yes. there was an Ab Fab moment in there as mm-hmm. well, which made me so happy. Mm-hmm. And apparently Richard E. Grant's nine-year-old daughter was a fan of Spice Girls, and it was the only reason why he took the part as the Spice Girls manager, Clifford. Wow. He said it was that was despite his concerns about his acting credibility. <laughs> and she said, and his daughter said, no, no, you have to. You have to because I want to meet them. Aww. So I did, and she was so thrilled. I had school playground credibility for about two semesters, and then, of course, you dip into the other side when they go, no, I was never a Spice Girls fan. <laughs> but now that generation has all come back around again saying, yeah, we love the Spice Girls. And I really did identify with that because I thought that I wasn't allowed to like the Spice Girls. I really thought that it wasn't cool. It's just growing up is hard as shit. I know, dog. So, yeah, Simon Fuller loved the John Cleese-helmed British television comedy Faulty Towers, who uh, Robert Spears directed on, and that's why he brought Robert Spears, and who also, of course, did Absolutely Fabulous episodes. They, by, uh, This is very telling. They did not rehearse really at all and would very happily jump off the script whenever they wanted to. Um, Jamie Curtis was a co-writer on the script who said they were excellent. They really were a force. They were terrifying, particularly if you were a man. If you walked into a room and it was just the five of them, you would literally turn around and try and get out as quickly as possible. I and love that. I love that a lot. They were improvising so much that the script supervisor almost quit. She, the <laughs> Simon Fuller had said about them, you needed to catch them at the right moment when the energy is there. They're not going to do 20 takes of one line, you know, so you had to think quickly on your feet. In the Spice World documentary, Mel B confessed that she and the girls interpreted the script. She said, we contributed our own little sparkle on top of it. There were some times when we'd just say the lines wrong just to make us laugh. But apparently Simon Fuller then said, the script lady went berserk and nearly resigned because we kept changing everything. There were a lot of flowers and we consoled her for a while and everything was fine after that. That, of course, is a problem because when you're trying to keep continuity going. And they won't say the line the same. But then it's like (laughs) if the actors are like the stars, you kind of have to just dance around them. So it would make the crew's job pretty impossible. Yeah. And the, the album was being made while the movie was being filmed to the point where they had a mobile studio on set to work on songs when they weren't shooting. Barnaby Thompson said whenever they weren't shooting, they were recording songs. And they were delivering songs. Spice Up Your Life, I think we all heard that maybe 24 hours before we shot the scene. The whole thing was like that. Simon would just say, don't worry, we'll have a song. And we had a song. It's nuts. They said, uh, Simon Fuller, or Posh said... It was quite good doing the album at the same time as the film because we were always hyperactive after a day on set. And that meant we could go to the mobile studio and vibe off each other. So they would film during the day and record at night. And it's just, how how do you keep it up? So you think about this. At this point, they have been going nonstop for three years. Yeah. No breaks. Yeah. Right through. That's another big, we're about to get to the hiatuses and stuff, and that's another big reason, I feel like, where they they just went so hard for such a short amount of time that that's why they ended up just, like, piecing out so hard after this this period. I love this quote from Mel C. This is about years later 
watching the film again. She said, I went through many years where I couldn't bear to watch it, but my daughter had a birthday party a couple of years ago, and she was, ha- and she was having a movie and a sleepover, and they wanted to watch Spice World. I sat down with them, and I actually really enjoyed it. I laughed out loud. I brought back, it brought back so many memories, and I think enough time has passed for me to be able to watch myself. We were so young, and so much has happened since then. But you know, in a way, it is brilliant. It's very tongue-in-cheek, very silly. And the thing about really that I really realized was there was so much of us in it. It was very, very real. Which I love, I love that. And also very self-aware. Mm-hmm. The bus scene when they're like, well, we don't have the money to show a bus jumping over a bridge. And they just have the like, little cartoon. The little car yeah. do it. It's great. It's great. It's, it's so, so silly. silly. And I think it really did capture how manic their energy mm-hmm. was. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But in a really fun way. It's not like, it's a very innocent version of it because it's not like a cocaine-fueled movie. Right. No. They're just, they're just energized and are happy. In fact, they make jokes about how innocent their fun is. Yes. Even. And, and the fact that none of the movie was about getting laid, right. about find, finding, finding something to fuck. Like, it had yeah. nothing to do with any of that. It was just about them performing and them being together as friends. Yep. But also, what about their fashion? And what about those Ooh. assless chaps? Oh my god, the assless chaps are great. That outfit, the, the purple suits those men are wearing in that dance scene is amazing. My favorite is the full astronaut's uniform. Oh my <laughs> god, it's so good. And it was the film's costume design Kate Karen said in an interview with InStyle magazine, this was not a normal movie in the sense that you have a story you tell with costumes. It was more like a fashion showcase. Hell yeah. Because almost every single scene you see them in, it's another excuse for them to have different outfits on. Yeah, that's why I like the Sex and the City movie. It's exactly. I don't want to look at the dresses. <laughs> so the album is released as a soundtrack to the film and features the single Spice Up Your Life, Too Much, Stop, and Viva Forever. And I really dig this album. I actually maybe like it. It's really fun. Yeah, it's a little, it's even more playful than the first one, and it's just so dynamic tonally that I actually really enjoyed it going back to it and felt just so, I don't want to say proud of them, but just like, it's just like really amazing that they took so many risks in the studio. Totally. That last track, that, that last track that is like just straight up a, Almost like a New Orleans style, like jazz rag all over the song. place, and I love it. Yes, mm-hmm. it's so crazy. It's just like what? Okay, that's how. Okay, like I love it. I love that kind of risk taking. But of course, all good things must end. The group receives starts receiving some media backlash over how many sponsorship deals they signed. We all remember their Pepsi stuff. That was like they were very everywhere. Big. But they signed over twenty sponsorship deals. So that was like, I think, that again, they're just doing so much, too much all at once. And that leads to overexposure and problems. After mm-hmm. performing in the 1997 MTV Europe Music Awards, they decided to break off from Simon Fuller again, which a lot of people speculate was the beginning of the end since he did really, him and so many other people, but seemed to have a very helpful hand in mm-hmm. making them the success that they were. At the beginning of 1998, they went on their first world tour, however... This is around May of 1998 that Jerry Hallowell steps away from the group because she was she claiming she suffered from exhaustion and needed a break, which I sure was true. In the 2007 documentary, they really talk about that time period in which they were just with her one day and she went, 
all right, goodbye, everyone. I'll see you later. And then they thought that was weird. It was a weird reaction because they never say goodbye to each other because they always see each other hours apart. Right. And then she just did not come back. Nice. And they had to go on. They had to go on to a TV show that night, and without her, and the woman was like, "You're missing someone." And they said, "Oh, she's not feeling well. Feel better soon, Jerry." And then, because they, they had no idea what to do. Wow, that's crazy. Later, she would say about this, "I felt I didn't belong anymore. They didn't need me anymore, really, and I definitely felt very redundant." But she also said she was quote being a brat and even apologized for exiting in 1998. Yeah, but she doesn't apologize until their reunion. Tour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean <laughs> you gotta you gotta imagine at that time though, even though she was so old and gross, Ugh. she was still like youngish kind of. Whatever uh, um, with your talk right now, it's like be 20 years old or yeah, or go or to die. the moon. I just Ugh. wish we could send these olds to the moon. I so know, really. Um, but she, I mean, that's an emotional and mental place that would be almost impossible to deal with. And I bet you she had a little bit of a nervous breakdown. I'm well, sure. And, that's, and Mel B says that there was intense fighting within the group at this time because this is the peak of their fame in the late 90s. While she acknowledges that the women were like family, they had a five-year plan from the start and that they all eventually wanted to pursue their own separate interests. So this is kind of their way of saying, well, if she's going to go, and also most of them were battling eating disorders, especially because of the insane pressure they were under to look a certain way. It's The late 90s were, I know that there's always lots of rough pressure, mm-hmm. specifically I don't want to say specifically for women just for people, just beauty standards sure. in general oh, but sure. the late 90s, early 2000s were particularly they were brutal they wanted you stick but they wanted you also fit. to have abs and like big titties but no arms, like no arm muscles mm-hmm. but the abs and the, and the huge Breasts. That's what mm-hmm. people wanted. Can you guys stop giving me like a big fun boner right now? It's like everything you're saying right now is just making me be like, oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. So, but and this is the the forever album that we've been discussing this entire time. It's the only album without Jerry. Well, before that though, you also have to throw in there. In late 1998, Mel B, who ends up changing her name for a little while to Mel G. Had she ends up marrying dancer Jimmy Golzer, that's why she changed the B to the G, and Victoria Adams, they both announced that they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Victoria Adams would later get married to the father, of course, we all know soccer player David Beckham. Posh and Bex. And later that year, they would have this very lavish and highly publicized wedding. And so this, for again, forces a full-on break. They have an eight-month break. They get back in the studio, and now it's late 1999. Their whole thing has died down so much at this point. And I think that they, in a misguided way, and without Jerry and without Simon Fuller, they're like, we need to take it into a more mature direction. They work with Rodney. Also, they change up their looks, and yeah. it, it's a choice. I will say the it's a choice. Well, again, at this, t- at this point, like we were just saying, a lot of them were dealing with shit like eating disorders yeah. and especially um is mel b sporty yeah mel c, c is sporty mel, i can't fucking remember <laughs> um mel c was deeply bulimic during this time and like really trying to deal with it and i think that that just shows in the music and in the performance of just them just not knowing what to do with themselves right and actually mel c said i tried to make myself perfect whatever i deemed perfect to be and i ended up making myself really ill i was anorexic for a few years i was exercising obsessively and i ended up being incredibly depressed 
Yay! Yay! So yeah, they work with Rodney Jerkins, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. They these were producers who were working with acts like Brandy, Destiny's Child, and we remember Jimmy Jam from Prince. Yes, Jimmy Jam from Prince. But yeah, they had a very specific sound in pop music at that time, and that is what this album sounds like. And I just don't think it suits what made Spice Girls so much fun and so Mm -hmm. special and so great. And everyone thought that the last, that the single from the album, the last song that's on the album, Goodbye, was written either as a farewell to Jerry or as a farewell that the band was breaking up. Mm. But Richard Stannard, who wrote the song with the girls, said it was actually about moving on and saying goodbye to the old Spice Girls. It wasn't goodbye to Jerry. It wasn't really literal. A lot of that song was written when they were touring in America. Mm -hmm. We wrote it now. Nashville. So I think it was just has that sentimental feel to it because everyone was kind of homesick and knackered. But it's nice. It puts a button on their career having the it's last song, song on their last album be a, called Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, because they were, of course, transitioning into being called the Spice Olds. The Spice Olds. <laughs> old, old yeah, yeah, yeah. Old spice. The, the Spice Crones, I believe, <laughs> is what they had settled on. But eventually they would announce a reunion in 2007, followed by a worldwide tour. That is when they had the documentary Spice Girls Giving You Everything, put together. Uh, There was also a jukebox musical of Spice Girls songs titled Viva Forever that was written and produced in 2012. This led to a second reunion which led to them performing a medley at the 2012 Summer Olympics closing ceremony. And most recently, Brown, Bunton, Chisholm, and Hallowell did a tour together without Victoria Beckham. Which again, we said this earlier. Why would she? She's got a very full life and a very full career. You she have to doesn't just love per- need to do yeah, it. Yeah, you have to love performing. And I always got from her, she was the least into that. interested in that Very part. introverty, yeah. but also, like, again, I, you already did one. You already did a reunion. Like, what's going to come out of doing it again other than do it again, you need man. money? Do it. I say fucking do it again. I want them to do it until they're like 85 years old. I, I want to see it. For sure. Earlier, I just get her thought process We all said we would see it. it. Oh, yeah, we yeah, all yeah. would see it, though. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, I would totally go. That I would have a lot of fun. Well, I think we did it. We did it, wow. guys. Woo. It was a wild ride. It's a long and, one. It's a good one. But Because that's the thing. Again, so much in, and we are talking about most of this time period. This all happened in about five years. Mm-hmm. And, and then mm-hmm. a, shoot, a shoot up and a shoot back down. Except we didn't even get into the whole fact that they all went and had their own separate solo careers doing different things. Right. It's not everybody's back because I definitely am way more into the power of all of them together. Yeah. And especially since, you know. But, you know, the, their fall downward was not one of those spiral crash landing downwards. They just sort of dissipated and got themselves better and mentally in their own ways and had their own lives. And it, they were, it was, fairly, again, fairly innocent. There was no deep, like, drug issues. Well, right. I think it's but, like, it's essentially like going back to the UK version of The Office versus the American version of The Office. Yeah. Both are amazing. But one was three seasons in and out fucking so- oh, excuse me two seasons solid as fuck yeah and amazing the other one is long there's ups there's downs 
all of it together is an amazing television show. I think it just really depends on how you look at it for their specific careers. The Spice Girls are an insane success, and we never had to to watch, and they continue to be, and we didn't have to watch them all truly rip each other apart because mm-hmm. they stopped it before it got there yeah yeah we love you guys <laughs> this was great i hope you enjoyed it. and i hope that you know what take a, a trip down memory lane and if you dug the spice girls or never really got into them have a listen because you know what i will say their first two albums they're a fun Catchy summer as fuck dude. yes yes also uh hey uh as we close out here thank you so much for joining us uh check us out on patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast also check out the last podcast on the left live in new orleans 2019 live special www.lastpodcastlive.com six dollars 66 cents you're gonna have a great time they did it in new orleans they're fun they're mean they're there was a whole section about holden but i think they cut it out of the special okay about my mother all right good (laughs) yeah so that your mom doesn't you know my mom doesn't find out about it yeah yeah they hit her up beat your butt thank you for that um but yeah check it out and i just want that's that's it i think that's all twitch.tv forward slash holdenators ho is where you can find me yo what about you natalie do you like to dance do you like to sing i like to pee um, Which is probably what you need to do right now. That, <laughs> sounds uh, like I someone do. needs to be. I do have to be. <laughs> um, we actually we started putting out um, episodes of Trollville on the last podcast YouTube channel um, for free. So if, you know some quarantine content for you. Hell yeah. Um, and we'll do one a week, and you can uh, follow us at uh, El- uh, Jesus Christ. Page seven LPN at Instagram and TikTok and me at the United Gene and all that. So. Loves it. My name is Jackie Zabrowski. Follow me on Instagram at Jack That Worm and check out my audiobook of Modland. It is also on our Patreon, patreon.com slash page seven podcast. It's still going and I still got Man, more. You're still to doing do. that, huh? Just hit chapter thirty seven. Good lord. Unbelievable. We love you guys. <laughs> and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Go Bye. Go power. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University... We know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.